film and on all things entertaining. I welcome legendary banjo player and country bluegrass singer, Dennis Hacksaw Bottoms. How are you doing today, Dennis? I'm doing great, Nicole. Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, um, <laughs> I, I, I have to ask a lot of questions and I want you to play a lot. You mind? I do not. I'd love to play. I, I love to play music and I'm glad to be here with you today. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so um, how old were you when you uh, first had the uh, passion for music? Uh, I was in the uh, fourth grade. Fourth grade? And I, I took a summer band. I was uh, started off as a drummer, and okay. I uh, they found out I could keep rhythm, so they kept me on the drums for a long time. And then I moved to other instruments in the band, and then I fell in love with the banjo when I was about 14. Okay. Okay, well that that's uh, that's wonderful. Uh, who were your mentors and why? Oh well, uh, let's see. Uh, it started off with Earl Scruggs. Earl Scruggs was the like the, the father of the five string banjo, but I, I just couldn't get enough. I mean, I I I, I, I try to listen to different banjo players. Uh, Sonny Osborne of the Osborne Brothers, uh, Ralph uh, Stanley. Uh, Carl Jackson, oh gee, uh, Don Reno. I mean, there, there's a a lot of really really fine banjo players. And when I first started playing the banjo, the the ones that I only had access to were the ones that I could find albums in St. Louis. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um, how are how old were you when you left uh, to go to Nashville? I was 17 years old. I. Uh, uh, Loretta Lynn's husband, uh, Doolittle, uh, heard us play music, and uh, he wanted uh, Loretta to hear me play. And uh, we were playing music, and and he uh, told my dad, he said, I'd like for my wife to hear these boys play. And this is Loretta, Loretta Lynn and her husband, Doolittle, correct? Yes, this was Doolittle. And... Uh, and my dad said, well, who is your wife? And he said, Loretta Lynn. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, let me uh, send a note up to the stage, and uh, we'll get you guys out there on stage with her. This was at the Keel Auditorium in St. Louis back in 1971. Wow. And so... Uh, we went out on stage and we did two songs. We did one ourselves and then Loretta wanted to sing a song with us. So we did Rocky Top. And then after that, uh, phone numbers were exchanged mm -hmm. with my father, mm -hmm. with Doolittle. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, calls my dad and says that I've got Dennis an audition in Nashville at the opening of a theme park. And it's the auditions are going to be held at the Ryman Auditorium, the Grand Ole Opry House. So my dad got me there and uh, auditioned, and I got the job. And uh, so I moved there when I was 17, and I've been there pretty much ever since. Wow. Wow. Okay. So we've talked about that, how, how it was being in Nashville. Uh, was it hard leaving your mom and dad at such a young age? Yeah. Uh, you don't realize it till it actually happens. Mm -hmm. Mom and Dad have always been real supportive of me, and and they helped me uh, get to a lot of places that I never could have gotten to had it not been for them. Mm -hmm. My whole family, really, right. was real supportive of me doing what I did. 
And uh, I'll never forget when we did leave to go to Nashville, uh, we had the U-Haul all hauled up and uh, we took off down the road there in Meadowbrook, down New Neighbor Drive. And mom and dad was out in the, I could look in my rear view mirror and see mom and dad uh, waving goodbye to us. And uh, it was a, it was a scary feeling, even though you really tried not to be, but definitely, you know, but I missed them there early. I, I realized when you leave home, how, how scary it can be when you're on your own and being 17, I'd never been away from home. Yeah. But, uh, I had, I had tears in my eyes, but I, <laughs> I tried not to show it to the other two guys. You know, yeah. But it, you know, that night when we finally got in town, I realized when I was in my bedroom all alone that I was on my own. So yeah. Take it from here, you know. <laughs> wow. Hey, would you like to play Morning? It's one of your uh, songs you wrote? Yeah, this is the song called Mornings. Uh, I like to write songs. Uh, I wrote Davy Crockett, you know. Well, you also been writing for 50 years, so you're pretty yeah. good at this. Well, I wrote Davy Crockett. Never did hear from him. <laughs> oh, well. This is a song uh, uh, I write a lot of my songs on the banjo, and I transpose them over to the piano sometimes. This was a song Don Devaney and I wrote this. Every morning, every morning, every morning when the sun comes up, sit half in the same chair, staring down to my coffee cup. Mix your face there in the well, spin the spoon, break the spell. Baby, these mornings without you just hurts like hell. Yeah. Woo! Dennis. 
Thank you. You can play that banjo and sing. Thank you very much. What was it like in Nashville in 1972? We used to, we got hired we to walk around the park, the three of us, and if there was a line of people or if there was uh, somebody waiting out in front of a restaurant waiting to get in, we would uh, stand there and just play music and entertain them until they could get on the ride or get into the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And uh, Roy Acuff would follow us around, mm -hmm. and he would play with us. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd, he'd get bring his fiddle and, and so all of us there then we'd really with Roy there we really draw the crowd oh yeah <laughs> and, oh I bet and so uh, the, the music and the sound then was uh, it was all acoustical and then Roy had it set up so that we could just be up to the front mm -hmm. of the park instead of moving around so much mm -hmm. and uh, then he got us a stage he got us a roof on the stage and got mm -hmm. us a sound system mm -hmm. And then we had our own theater before it was all <laughs> over. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun back then. You know, you could go downtown and uh, there were there were players uh, and songwriters down on 16th and 17th Avenue where you could you could walk in sometimes and, and just play your songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, you really you really can't do that anymore. Right. We've. Uh, yeah. It, it's just it's, it's just not available. There's. There's yeah. different ways of doing things and trying to, to get heard as a songwriter. It's a lot of emails and Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. And that's even if they'll take your call. Right. Uh -huh. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you just played Mornings, which was absolutely wonderful. Um, and you've explained, uh, you know, what it's like in Nashville uh, in 72 versus now. Can you play a song that you wrote? And sing and play on the banjo, and it's called Kentucky. Oh, love to! This was on uh, this was on the Warner Brother label mm -hmm. when I recorded with Warner Brothers, and uh, we did this song, and it was a it was a great tune, and it's uh, actually this song was written by Steve Pippen. Uh, this song Kentucky, and uh, I love doing this song here. And you re and you recorded it with Warner Brothers, correct? Yes, Warner Brother label. And uh, we hope you like it here. So. Someday I'll be leaving Turning every collar to the wind And dreaming of Kentucky Loving in that bluegrass once again Georgia, I'll remember Angel with the devil in her touch And Kentucky has a lady Without trying, she can love me twice as much I said, Kentucky, I'm on your highway And I'm leaving on such a mess behind In the morning, I'll be with you Cause Kentucky's more than just a state of mind 
And it don't take long to slip right through your hands. Slow Kentucky, hold me closer. And the hate's time can't touch a happy man. I said, Kentucky, I'm on your own way. And I need a second best sweetheart. Every morning, I'll be with you. Blowing me away, Dennis. Hacksaw Bottoms. How'd you get that nickname, Hacksaw? Oh, boy. Let's see here. Jerry Reed, Porter Wagner, Matt Nagehey, Larry Moore, Bobby Bear. We were playing cards, Center Hill Lake. And I like to play cards. I like to win playing <laughs> cards. <laughs> and I was winning a lot. And I just got lucky, I guess. And... Somebody would throw down three of a kind, I'd throw down four of a kind. <laughs> Somebody throw down two pair, I'd throw down three of a kind. And one hand I threw down, and they just, Jerry thought he had won the pot. You know, he, he, you're not going to beat this hand. And I threw down a full house. And Jerry and Larry and Mac and Porter and all of them said, he's like a hacksaw. He'll cut anything. <laughs> and so the name just stuck. I love know. that story. Love it. Oh, that is wonderful. Okay. So uh, I know you played at the Grand Ole Opry um, for a lot of people, okay? You've been there a lot of times. Yes. Uh, tell me one of the favorite people that you played with at the Grand Ole Opry. Porter Wagner. And tell me why. Well, I grew up. And I was watching the Porter Wagner show on television because Buck Trent played the banjo with the Porter Wagner's Wagon Masters. And I was just I, I was just trying to get as much banjo as I could, mm -hmm. anywhere I could. Mm -hmm. And uh, I loved working in, with Porter Wagner on the Grand Ole Opry because he was the first one to bring me to the Grand Ole Opry. And I couldn't believe it that here, here I was watching him and Dolly on television and then years later, uh, I'm, you're in his, right, you're right there. I'm in his van and I'm right there on the opera. And he always featured me mm -hmm. on the Grand Ole Opry when he played. He would always let me do a song. And I just, that just tickled me to death, you know. Mm, I bet, I bet. That's a magical moment to stand there with uh, all the greats. Uh, you know, um, I know you toured with Jerry Reed. And also Porter Wag Wagner. I yes, know you toured yes. them too. But I want to talk about, uh, you recorded East Bound and Down with uh, Jerry Reed yep. in the band. And you were the banjo player for that song. And the song later was used in the movie Smoky Mountain Bandit. In the Bandit. Uh, that's huge. Um, would you mind playing that song for us today? Oh, yeah. It was... Uh... Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we got to get this right because you know, <laughs> we don't want to embarrass nobody. 
the uh, yeah, uh, the the song Eastbound and Down was 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 written for the soundtrack for that movie. But I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I was working in Jerry's band, and uh, uh, he he just wanted me to to. He says try to put like a minor kind of like an Earl Scruggs lick. And I, I tried to do that, and he, he walked me through it. And then we went into the studio at RCA and uh, recorded it. I, of course, I wasn't, I wasn't with the entire soundtrack. I just come into overdub with a gentleman uh, by the name of Bobby Thompson. There were two banjo players on the song. I was one, and Bobby Thompson was one. And... Uh, they put me down. I was in the studio. Chet Atkins was there. He was he was producing it, the engineer and Jerry, and then uh, Bobby. And I put the track down, and Jerry said, come on in and listen to it. So I come in, and I listen to it. And uh, asked, Jerry asked Chet, he said, what'd you think? And he said, well, let's, let's put Bobby down. And I was pretty naive. I was young, but I thought, they didn't like what I did. So <laughs> they just throw away what I did and put Bobby Thompson down. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happened. I know, I know. Uh, they uh, actually, Bobby Thompson doubled. He doubled mm -hmm. what we did, and then they kind of matched it up together with what mm -hmm. they do in the studio. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and get to hear that over the, the, the big screen, you know, mm -hmm. and hearing it on television. Nobody knew that song was, that movie was going to be as big as it was. Well, they have commercials, Mazda commercials, and yeah. all these different things. They've got, you know, the banjo playing yeah. version. Just yeah. the banjo play. It's awesome. I love it. I get paid for that. I think it's great. <laughs> I bet you do. I, would you like uh, playing? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do this do for us you. all a favor. Okay, this is a little Eastbound and down. Let break my night. You got the one snowman. Eastbound down. But it ain't trucking. We gonna do what they say can be done. We got a long way to go. And it's your time to get there. I'm Eastbound. Watch your bandit run. Put your foot down on the metal, never mind your brakes. But it only happens we got one too late. Oh, the boys out from sea in Atlanta, next year in Texarkana. We'll bring it back no matter what it takes. He's found down, loaded up and trucking. We gonna do a taste that can be done. We've got a long way to go, and then short time to get there. Watch your bandit run. Yeah! No smoking tobacco zoos on. Things hot on your trail. And he ain't gonna rest till you're in jail. Oh, you got to dodge him, you got to duck him. You gotta keep that diesel trucking. Just put that hammer down and give him hell. He's found out, put it up and trucking. We gonna do what they say can't be done. We got a long way to go, and it's short time to get there. I'm Eastbound, watch your bandit run. 
Dennis, we are definitely, um, you know, I want you to share with us, uh, what age was you when you signed, uh, your label with Warner? Uh, I, I look back now and I was trying to get that one together. I think I was, uh, 26 years old when I signed with the Warner brother label. I was a writer with wow. Warner brothers, uh, before I got a, a record deal with them. Wow. And, uh, there was a, uh, a lot of excitement, you know, at that time. I was writing with some really, really good songwriters, mm -hmm. and uh, they really helped me a lot because they were very honest with me. Mm -hmm. Things like, you know, don't waste my time writing a bad song. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, pretty harsh, but uh, it's, a, it's a good lesson to know. Yeah, you know? definitely. And, you know, a lot of them have, you know, been there a while, and you know, put their imprint and for them guiding you and mentoring you. And yeah. it really probably just made all the difference in the world. Yep. Okay. So I know that, uh, you know, uh, Dwayne Eddy, how did you first come across him? And can you share that story? Dwayne Eddy is a very dear friend of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, I first met Dwayne Eddy in uh, 1987. Mm -hmm. And he moved uh, from out west to Nashville, and uh, my good friend Charlie Andrews uh, told him about me because, uh, and, and Charlie played him some of my music, some of my songs, and uh, he calls me on the phone, and we get together and we meet, and uh, we have remained friends ever since. Dwayne is like, uh, he's the original rocker. I mean, he was, yeah, you know, definitely, he back, you know. Good gosh, he uh, he toured with the Everly Brothers. Uh, he's he's produced albums for uh, Paul McCartney, mm -hmm. George Harrison, or the mm -hmm. Beatles. Mm -hmm. When they got to uh, United States back in 1964, Dwayne was the first one they called when they got to their hotel to let let the, let everybody know that and let Dwayne know that they were in America. So. Right. Dwayne is a big inspiration to me. He's a, a good man, uh, and I just, I love him to death. So. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Um, you know, you had told me that you had a session um, with a lot of big names um, and doing uh, the version of Doolin' Banjos. Can you tell me who was all there and how that all went? Well, we, uh, we did a... A uh, song, we wanted to do a song about doing banjos. We wanted to mix up all kinds of music in the song. Uh, gee, we had, uh, let's see, Brent Mason. Uh, we, Dwayne Eddy. Uh, Carl Jackson, me. Aubrey Haney. Uh, Tommy Emmanuel played guitar on it. Uh, Brad Paisley put a chick down there a little bit and uh, we had a great drummer uh, and a great bass player and it was recorded at a real nice studio in Nashville and uh, we just we all got together and picked and uh, we wanted to do this thing together and they helped me out they're good friends of mine so we put down a version of Doolin Banjos called Feudin' and Doolin'. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow wow well, um, I want to hear another song from you, please. Oh, okay. 
All right. Let's see here. What the? Uh, oh yes, gospel. You like gospel music? Yeah, I love gospel. Well, I write gospel music. I write things a little different. I'm gonna change banjos here. Put. Uh, I have to put on this other banjo. Yeah, tell me about that banjo. Oh yeah, this is Louise. Louise, hi yes. Louise. Louise is a is a special made banjo Gibson made for me. It's called an Earl Scruggs Heritage. Uh, back when I was working in Opryland, it was back in 1995, and uh, Gibson came out to Opryland, and and our sponsor was C. F. Martin on the, the theater there at. Uh, at Opryland, and uh, I've been playing a Gibson. I've been playing an older model Gibson, and they really would like to see me play a, a newer model. And so they asked me to come over to the factory there in Asheville, the Gibson banjo place. So I go over, and, and they talked me into getting a new Gibson banjo. And, of course, it was like an endorsement. I got artist deals. You know, a lot of players sometimes get that. I was lucky enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was called an Earl Scruggs Heritage, and it was designed with the gold plating and the cherry red finish like the Heritage Last Paul. Mm -hmm. But they wanted a, a banjo line of Heritage. And so they made two of them, prototypes. And uh, Earl Scruggs got the first one, mm -hmm. and I got the second one. What luck. And they, they didn't make any more after that. They decided not to have to run that line. They're lost because how much is that banjo worth oh, now? Oh, jeez. I, I don't want to tell anybody. I hate to. Yeah. You know, no, we were not going to tell them. Just, no, we're not going to disclose that because. Well, uh, that's yeah. okay. Let's just say it's, in, it's insured for quite a uh, nice amount. It's insured, he said, for quite a amount. Okay, you go ahead. Anyway, this is a gospel song. I write different kind of bluegrass gospel music. And uh, and it's a kind of a haunting thing. Uh, this is called the Ballad of Pontius Pilate. And uh, Pontius Pilate, of course, was the Roman pure creator there in Rome or in uh, Jerusalem when Messiah was crucified, and and uh, Pontius Pilate kind of washed his hands of it. And so I kind of wanted to write a song about maybe how he felt after it all happened. And uh, nothing really went right for him after that. I, I do know that. So anyway, I hope you all like this thing here. It's a little, just a little something. Brought me to my knees. 
Okay, I know as an artist, and you've been over 50 years in the business, but uh, you're still going strong and, and uh, working a lot of gigs and out there. Um, but is there anything you can look back and you regret? I know we're all humans and we all have something we, re you know, regret or, you know, wish went another way. What would that one regret be? Well, we all make uh, mistakes in life. I guess the, the biggest regret that I had is I wished I'd have made them sooner. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, I've had a wonderful, a wonderful career. Was it you offered uh, a contract with Electra Records at one time, but you turned oh, it away? Yeah, that's... Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, gee. <laughs> I was with a band, and they were playing... Uh, was it Pete Drake's studio? The uh, gentleman. I just interviewed his widow, Rose uh, Drake, yesterday. Well, we were at Pete Drake's studio and uh, we were playing music. And uh, the guy that heard us playing at a club in Nashville invited us to come down to Pete Drake's studio so that he could record us, so that he could take something back to uh, California. And uh, what happened was that he was listening to all the other bands, I mean, all the other musicians in the band. And <laughs> he, uh, he told the engineer, he said, man, I must have really been drunk the other night. You know, he says, I'm just not hearing what I heard. And uh, he wanted to know if anybody else in the band sang. And they said, well, you know, Dennis, he plays the banjo and he does some singing. And he says, well, let him do something. And so I put on the banjo and I did, uh, I think it was Neil Skinner Blues. And uh, and he hit the, the playback to the engineer and he said, that's it. That's what I heard, you know. <laughs> so he um, he did. He uh, he said that I he thought I would have a, a bright career. And I was, gosh, at that time, I guess I was only uh, 19. Mm -hmm. I was only 19 years old when that mm -hmm. happened. And uh, I was really, you know, dedicated to the band. Mm -hmm. And the band kind of thought that if we if we stick together, that we could all still get a deal. But he, he offered me a, a, a record contract with Electra Records. Wow. I thought I'd have a bright career with him. And, right. And I turned him down. So that would be a big regret, huh? Well, it's, uh, One of you them. never know. On, on regrets, you know, sometimes you, you do things you don't think about. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, when you're in a hurry, you're driving your car and you can't get where you want to go fast enough. And you, you think, oh, I'm going to be late. And, and then you never know how, what change of uh, events take place. That could have right. saved your life. Right. Right. So had I gone out there and done that, who knows? You know, who knows what would have happened to me? I might have gotten in with the wrong crowd. 
I might not even be here today. Yeah. So well, thank heavens you are. Well, how about <laughs> how about you do a Mule Skinner blues for us? Okay, let me get this. Uh, uh... And then we're gonna wrap it up. I gotta tune this thing. And that okay. banjo is beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I like her too. She's nice on the CD. much Dennis for being here today doing this podcast um you're going to be uh in the parade at the old King Cole festival in West Frankfurt yes you are going to ride uh and you're going to play your banjo on the back of a pickup truck is that correct that is correct that'll be Saturday in the parade here in West Frankfurt yes and uh also uh we're looking forward to a lot of things and I just want to 
thank you, Nicole, for inviting me to be a part of your podcast. I, I love it. I follow it. And, and I thank you very much. And just want to say hello to everyone out there. And I hope I see you Saturday. Well, thank you again. And as always, you haven't lost it. And you are still going strong, so strong. And you got, I see so much happening for you. Well, I hope so. <laughs> so you have a great day. And thank you again for being on Nikki's Spilling the Tea, All Things Entertaining. Goodbye, folks.